Monday. Hey everybody here, James Beaver, for another Beaver Does Podcast Daily Movie Review, one week free, which is going to be super interesting. I've uh, never done any, actually, no, this is week four. It's all melding together. My apologies. As you can see, I got the uh, the, the invisible t-shirt again, uh, so don't mind that. Of course, got the uh, the background, and you know what I'm watching. I watch Rafa Man, a guy directed by Guy Ritchie, starring Jason Statham. The part follows H, a cold and mysterious character working at a cash truck company responsible for moving hundreds of millions of dollars around LA each week. Now, I'm just getting my notes. I decided to uh, try a bit of notes, see how I go. So for me, I enjoyed this movie. I really did. I think this movie is the best non-British gangster Guy Ritchie has made. Uh, He's done quite a few that have left a lot to desire. Uh, I've not... for context purposes, I've not seen Aladdin, nor do I have any intention to. I'm kind of wanting to stay away from, from those type of movies just because, I don't know, they, do, they just don't pull me, uh, especially after seeing uh, what I've seen from The Lion King. And so I, we're not talking about Aladdin here. Maybe down the line when I need, need some extra movies to watch, I could check out Aladdin. If you want me to check out Aladdin for a review, Make sure you leave a comment, maybe. Uh, please don't. Uh, so now, uh, this is Jason Statham. And when I saw that Jason Statham was in this movie, I kind of got excited because Jason Statham, when he teams with Guy Ritchie, is a totally different Jason Statham than what we know. Uh, Jason Statham, I keep saying Jason Statham, Jason Statham. But for me, Jason Statham, when, he is, <laughs> when he's with Guy Ritchie, uh, take a drink every time I say Jason Statham. Tell me if you're uh, dead in the comments. Uh, <laughs> but I really like when he's with Guy Ritchie because it kind of allows him to bring a bit more character rather than, unfortunately, in my opinion, this doesn't really happen with this. He's a lot more stoic and quiet and and doesn't really allow him to show his range. And in my opinion, his range especially uh, as a comedic actor, is amazing. He's one of the best parts of Spy. He's amazing in Snatch. He's really, really good. And I do want to see more like Jason Statham, but he has a niche and it's a good niche. Don't get me wrong. And him teaming up with Guy Ritchie really brings us in. Uh, Also another actor I really like in one of my favorite TV shows of all time is Lights Out. Uh, which is starring Holt McCarthy and Holt McCarthy, uh, amazing in Mindhunter, really good. I, I'm really glad to see him having more roles because I enjoy him every time he shows up and things. And he's also good in this. The cast is great too. Uh, the only thing really, in my opinion, that holds it back is he casts quite a few British people. And sometimes a British person can really nail the American accent and vice versa. Some Americans can really nail it, but then you get these film guys and you can tell it's either the, the twang in their voice or it's like, it's like me speaking right now. I'm trying to think and I'm also trying to talk. Uh, but when I talk, you it, it, it's like natural, but with these, you can't kind of, 
you kind of see the the gerbil in their head gearing, trying to put everything in place so that when they do speak, it's coming out in their natural accent. You often will hear a break in the accent if they're yelling or anything like that. The great examples of, you know, actors doing American accent is uh, Idris Elba and Dominic West in The Wire. Dominic West impressed the shit out of me when he did a American, an Englishman playing an American doing a terrible British accent. Uh, if you remember that episode, amazing. Idris Elba was so good that he had even the production full because they didn't want enough British people. And then Hugh Laurie, pretty much the entire production of House, he was just speaking. Even Charlie Hunnam, uh, his accent was great, so much so that he had to like relearn how to speak back in his normal dialect. So, but this isn't the case in this movie. I just kind of went on a tangent about accents in movies. Uh, another issue I was finding was uh, I enjoyed the plot. I enjoyed the intriguing twist in the story. There's just a moment in this movie that they go back to four, maybe five different times from different perspectives. And I really do think they could have uh, trimmed this down a bit because it wasn't just flashes. It was outright the entire scene replayed from a different angle. And I appreciate the attempt and the try to uh, do something like that, but I just felt it was becoming tedious by the, like by the second time I was like, yeah, cool. I like that idea. But by the fourth or the fifth, I'm like, okay, all right, calm down. All right. What are you doing? So, but other than that, I really enjoyed it. Jason Statham is a badass. In this, it has some interesting characters. I really like Scott Eastwood's character. Uh, he played a great villain, and I love to see uh, more of him because he's he's starting to pick these roles that are, are interesting and not trying to be following his father's footsteps. At least I hope not, unless he's got like a bunch of westerns coming. But I just it, it generally enjoyed what uh, was brought to the table with the character and Guy Ritchie. Uh, he's not back yet. I. He's had two great movies so far, uh, The Gentleman and this movie, but I'm still holding my breath and hoping that he can continue on this good path. Please, Gentleman 2, maybe a third uh, British gangster movie, you know, in the vein of Lock, Stock, and Snatch. But uh, no more King Arthur, please. As for my review, as for my rating, this is a good movie. Uh, the, so, the issues with some of the... Uh, like the flashbacks and some of the uh, the hokey act, some of the hokey acting with the voices with some some people kind of brought it down. So in my opinion, this is a free blanks movie. And from there, thank you guys. If you uh, enjoy this video, uh, please like. If you uh, like seeing me uh, talk about these movies, please subscribe. If you have any recommendations, make sure you throw them in the comments. Thank you guys, and I'll see you tomorrow. Tuesday. Hey everybody, James here from Beaver Does Podcast, back with another movie review. And I decided to go back into the depths of the Shutter app, which is a streaming service available everywhere. Uh, not an ad, but I just generally like the movies that they brought out. They, in my opinion, find a lot of good and interesting stuff. For, 
for their platform. And this is one of them. If you've uh, checked out anything out from Shudder, or if you just want to recommend stuff to me, make sure you throw a comment down below and I'll definitely check it out maybe for a future review. Now, this movie is Caveat, a 2020 movie directed by Damien McCarthy, starring Ben Kaplan, Connor Wayne, and Lizzie Sykes, and also the, in my opinion, the star of the show, Jonathan French. It is about a man with a a short-term memory loss who is asked to work at a house with a woman with severe mental issues. And the caveat is, title, is that he has to wear a vest with chains that only hold him into certain spots. Now, this is a very simple premise, and it is a movie filmed in Ireland. Uh, It's a British movie. It really makes use of the dry and dreary look and everything like that. The house itself is almost a character in, in itself. The creepy rabbit that you see, uh, spoiler, it's not haunted, which is good. Uh, I think if it turned out that the the horrific rabbit was actually the murderous device in this movie, it would have ruined it completely. But the things that they actually introduced into this movie, no uh, spoilers, really held attention. You really... I. I felt my like heart in my chest the entire time watching this movie and it was very very interesting to like keep my eye on because I, I couldn't look away this held my attention for so long that I was just generally interested it's a very it's a slow burn but once everything starts happening and oftentimes I don't like slow burns but this movie is not long so the slow burn is maybe 20 30 minutes and then from there it's just it keeps getting more and more tense you know what's happening but it's just getting worse and worse and the way that they breadcrumb uh, Isaac's memories is such a good way too because it really adds to the plot and builds it up further and further as we go now uh, some parts that I did have an issue was um, even though there is a slow burn, I'm I'm not a fan of slow burns sometimes unless it's really done or the payoff is in such a way. And they might, they might have a great payoff in this movie. But like I said, sometimes slow burn is they do it in place of actual storytelling. Sometimes they do it just to kind of pad, pad it out rather than getting straight into the meat. And sometimes the story doesn't have enough meat for them to do it so they throw in enough vegetables with a slow burn but in my opinion the slow burn adds to the tension it's really well done it's one of my uh it's one of the favorite horror movies i've seen in a good while lighthouse destroys it of course but i don't like to compare even though i just did apparently but as for my rating this movie uh for me to go in and not know anything about this and not I, I didn't even see a trailer all i saw was just the creepy rabbit i was like all right and then i believe i may have seen a review here or there but i i went in fully blind and this actually more takes me into not watching trailers anymore because it really builds up my enjoyment i find the stuff that i watch a lot of trailers for I often find myself being like, eh, that sucks. Oh, well. So I might just, uh, 
I might just go trailer free for a while. So as for my review, this is a high recommendation. I I urge a lot of people just to come and check this movie out just because it is a lot of fun to, to see, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it's, it's legitimately scary. So my review, my review, my score, I'm going to give this a four. This movie, it, it teaches on third because of the slow burn, but because it has a smaller runtime, it, it's 88 minutes. It kind of helps in that regard. Oftentimes, a slow burn, they'll put it to like two and a half hours, and then it's like an hour and a half of nothing but people wandering around, whereas this actually adds to the tension, and it doesn't get boring. It, it it's just it's generally thrilling and so yes that is it for the review thank you guys for checking me out and tomorrow i'm going to check out one of the top movies i've never seen before as i watched annihilation thank you guys and i'll see you tomorrow make sure you like and uh, comment if you have seen this movie because i'd love to hear from you and if you're on the same uh wavelength as me so check it check it later guys Wednesday. Hello, everybody. James here from Beaver Does Podcast. Back again with me, another daily movie review. And continuing on with movies I've never seen before, that is often the daily movie review. My first time reactions there has been maybe one, which was Hellboy, that I have actually seen before. Figure I'd give it the second light. Unfortunately, it was not very bright shining. So, I decided to check out Annihilation by Alex Garland. Alex Garland, for me, is a very capable writer and an even more capable director. He has done Ex Machina, which is a great movie. Dread, he wrote, which was like the rumor that he might have directed it, which makes a lot of sense. He also has uh, written 28 Days Later, which is amazing one of the pioneer uh modern zombie movies so how does this hold up now in my opinion i went into this blind all i i knew slightly some bits and pieces that they go into a zone and i also heard rumblings of something involving a beer uh, a bear beer <sighs> my apologies a bear and so i went in there completely blind not realizing that this has a, a decent cast with uh, Tessa Thompson, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, and also Natalie Portman. I, I knew she was in there, but the other two I did not. And this movie is super surprising. Uh, well, not really surprising considering the pedigree involved, but just the way they went about it and just uh, very interesting in story. It's almost like everything when they go inside even before that it feels like a fever dream which is what i believe was the intention from the start and there's something in this movie uh, you'll probably know what i'm talking about that is gonna stay with me for a few weeks and it's one of the most horrifying things i've seen and yeah <sighs> It just really holds in. It's simple in its uh, delivery, but it's just, it's still right there, just scary enough. And this movie for me is top marks. Uh, the acting is fantastic. I like the way that they 
uh, build on these people being damaged. And then that's kind of like the reason why they go into this place that is a 100% mortality rate until something happens. And I just kept enjoying Thursday. it as it went on, like the the tension between all the all the characters made sense and it just get going from there. And as the movie in ways got even weirder, it still worked in such a way that I was still enjoying it. Oftentimes these movies devolve into some kind of weirdness where it's just pretentious and, and dumb and just there for the sake of it, just to try and like shock you. Whereas this, everything done makes sense and has a point. Uh, as for my review, uh, I don't want to give it a five. It, there's not strong enough character, like actor performances in this. They're, they're strong, don't get me wrong, but I don't think they're strong enough to be a five. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like the, the only one I've done recently was The Lighthouse. That was a five because based on the Defoe and the Patterson acting alone in that, that is a five movie. Whereas this, uh, some bits hold it back a little bit, but not in such a way that it ruined it, but it's just not where I'm like, this guy is just, or this guy, this girl is just killing it right now. They're just pulling it all on the screen. So for uh, my review, for my, uh, for my rating, this is definitely going to be a four, a four blanks movie for just outright fantastic. Definitely check this movie out. I believe it is available on demand. So definitely go out of your way to check it. Uh, it's actually on demand on YouTube for like $4, which is how I viewed it. So definitely check it out. And as for tomorrow, I have no idea yet. I'm still working on it, but I'm thinking I might switch it up. Uh, kind of step away from the horror, maybe try something a bit more outside my warehouse. See how, see how that works. And I will catch you guys tomorrow. Friday. Hey everybody, James here from Beaver Does Podcast, back again with another movie review. Now, as part of Fridays, Fridays are often new release days. So I decided to check out one of the new releases that piqued my interest more than because I'm not watching the Lin-Manuel Morada movie because uh, I have zero interest, not a fan of musicals. Uh, I might torture myself, but I'm not going to be... I'm not going to put, I'm not going to watch something that I know I'm not going to like and then just be negative for negative sake. Uh, so sometimes I'm not going to review certain things. And the reason why is because I know it's going to be negative and I'm, I'm trying to pick stuff that will uh, be the positive of movies. I, I kind of want to be a positive channel. Sometimes I'm going to be negative. And so here we go. Negative review time. So I watched In Infinite, directed by Antoine Fuqua and starring Mark Wahlberg, Gio Edgeworth, Jason Manzoukas, Rupert Friend, Toby Jones, and also the awesome Dylan O'Brien. And my issue here is this movie is very, un I keep saying unforgettable, but it's forgettable. This movie is very forgettable, unfortunately, because I walked into this, well, I didn't walk into it, I switched it on. And I was expecting it to be this cool, maybe future Highlander style thing. 
where instead of them living forever, it's just the same conscien- consciousness going into different bodies and it's all them after each other. That's what I was expecting. I saw a trailer and I was like, okay, maybe. This is why I was giving this a chance. Uh, unfortunately, what we got was uh, pretty much a by-the-numbers boring action movie with sequences that felt like they were stripped from better movies and then diluted enough so that it was boring and forgettable. Uh, the first mistake was uh, killing off Dylan O'Brien in the start. I really like Dylan O'Brien. I think he is someone that I like to see in more stuff. If I was, if it, my one thing is if they wanted to make improve this movie, they should have switched Mark Wahlberg for Dylan O'Brien. Mark Wahlberg, to me, as a through his lens character, a through his lens character is someone that is introduced in the movie to introduce you to the world. Like they te- they give an exposition to that character to tell you what's going on and they hear it and you hear it and we're, we're all educated and we're all caught up to speed. <sighs> Unfortunately, that's Mark Wahlberg. And Mark Wahlberg for me, uh, he can be good. He, he has done some good stuff. Uh, Buggy Nights. Uh, he's, I, I do like him in the other guys. Uh, th- those kind of movies. But in this, they... This really did feel like they wrote it for somebody like Ryan Reynolds. And unfortunately, they got Mark Wahlberg. And Mark Wahlberg, in my opinion, can't do the smart mouth stuff very well. It's his tone, his like facial uh, tics and everything like that. That It's, it's just all wrong. It, this, this lead role is very miscast, in my opinion. And Joe, uh, Edge of Four... Uh, is fantastic as usual unfortunately he doesn't have much in the way for him to uh, sink his teeth into a role and really sell it if if they improve this a lot better than what we we got like if they you know switched characters around maybe bumped up the script a bit this could be a really good contender like I said though unfortunately it's it feels lazy. It feels like they've just taken the best parts of stuff that is already popular rather than have its own identity. Uh, it's based off historical, the recreationist papers. And uh, I'll be very interested to hear if there's, uh, if you actually read this, uh, throw a comment in the comments if uh, it looks anything like this movie. Uh, and then the ending, I, I did like the way it ended. But it was so out of left field, the way it ends. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, that happens. And I did like the whole aspect of it. I just feel like the plot device and everything like that didn't work. So for my review for this, I am going to give it a one blank. It's a bad movie. And in the sense that it's a bad movie that is competently done. But unfortunately, it, it's so bland. You know, if it was a spice, it would be flour. This uh, is paint by the numbers. It's boring. It's just not good. And that makes a real bad movie because it's just, you forget, after, you, you forget it after a few, few hours. I've struggled. I've, I did, this is my second take because I was struggling 
to try and remember sequences in this movie. That's how bland this is. And I have my full attention. That this movie got my full attention as I was watching. I had my phone halfway across the room just so I wouldn't keep looking at it so I could give my proper take onto this. And still, I found my eyes wandering just because I was like, come on, how, how derivative can you be? So that is my review. Uh, what did you, if you've checked this out, what did you think? And if you've, if you, do you have a movie that you consider like the blandest of the bland? Uh, if you do, throw it down and if you can remember it, I guess. Uh, thank you guys. And I wonder what I'm going to watch tomorrow. Who knows? We'll find out tomorrow. Have a good one, guys. Saturday. Everybody, James here from Beaver Does Podcast, back again with a daily movie review. And I've decided to check out what could be considered on the shorter movie aspect. It is a restoration of George R. Romero's The Amusement Park. The background behind this movie was that he, in between movies, I think this came out around the same time as The Crazies, he was uh, in a bit of financial issues because of uh, the rights involved with Night of the Living Dead. Apparently, it was originally the Night of the Flesh Years, and then when he changed it, the production company just pretty much locked him out of any rev revenue for the movie. So he pretty much started making documentaries, started doing stuff like this. And so the L Lutheran Church, who were advocating for uh, the elderly and uh against elder abuse and um, stuff like that. They uh, commissioned George R. Romero to create this uh, short movie to kind of educate people on elder abuse and the way we treat elders as a society and stuff like that. Uh, George R. Romero, who is not afraid to uh, pretty much lay it all on the line and will not stop at certain parts, really goes for the juggler in this movie uh watching this really highlights that even now we go we uh pretty much do this to our elders and as someone who was uh in my teens i pretty much looked after my grandmother and uh had to deal with uh her little issues and stuff like that uh not going fully into it but i could see a couple of things that I would do in this movie. So it was very self-reflective for me, almost to the point where I had to shut it off at times just because I was like, yeah, th that makes sense. Uh, this is uh, very, it's very ham-fisted, but that's the point. The This is in essence a PSA and PSAs can't really talk for a talking point. It's more of this is our issues and you have to listen. And this was pretty much doing it in such a way that uh, really lays it all down and tells you this is it. Uh, so much so that the the company who funded this and hired George R. Romero never released it. They were pretty much appalled at like the sensationalism of it and also the the tone and the uh, I think some of the violence too because there are a few violent scenes out. The elderly gentleman in this movie is beaten by a biker gang and further and further. There's also a few moments that could be considered comedic, but it, it kind of adds to the story. Um, so, 
yeah, it just it was really interesting. Uh, George Roll Romero for me is whenever I check his movies out, there's always some underlying political message that he often throws in there, and it is very interesting to see even now, even in his past, and that he's still um, that his work is still prevalent to this day with some of the stuff that he he has to say, and this even more, and it's very interesting the way he uh, he set it up. So the whole premise is this elderly gentleman is in a white room uh, is also a sandwich between the actor playing himself uh, talking about what is going on and why this was set up. And uh, at the end, there's a message that, you know, there is um, services in place to help the elderly. So it, it was good in, in that aspect, but like in between is pretty much what in an almost extreme sense, of course, because like I said, PSA is go for more the extreme to educate because you can't uh, do any nuance to this because it's it's kind of you have to you have to wear it on your sleeve to tell people because it's for like the whole shock factor so that oh no how, how could that be and then it's like well it's not like that but it happens in an underlying fashion so I really enjoyed this uh, the 54 minutes breeze by is available on shutter should have the worldwide rights to this movie and so definitely check it out and um, as for my review it's very hard to review this because it's uh it is a psa but i actually might try and check out some more psas in the future so i'm going to give this a uh, a free blanks it's good it's really good um it doesn't go into great just because it is a psa it's technically not a movie but I'm going to include it just because it's George R. Romero and is, you know, his directing still there. And, you know, even though he, even though it's a low budget PSA, he, you can see George Romero in this movie. And so, yeah, free blanks. And I've decided um, when I was younger, when I was in my uh, school years, I used to watch this uh, PSA. They would show it. And it also was especially uh, beneficial for me because I used to live near a farm and this movie was a PSA about the dangers of farm of farms, like as a little kid playing in farms. And I remember watching it and being appalled. So uh, tune in tomorrow. Cause I'm actually going to uh, leapfrog from this. I decided mid movie from this kind of PSA to something involving children and something that I actually watched as a child. And so uh, tune in tomorrow as I watch the Apaches. Sunday. Everybody, it is Sunday. It is the last day of the daily reviews for this week. Of course, there's going to be one tomorrow. But I uh, just like I mentioned uh, yesterday, I decided to check out another short movie actually from my childhood. And before I get into this, I just wanted to know that in this movie, there is quite a bit of cultural appropriation. It is a movie from the 70s. It's about little kids playing in a game of Apaches, which is based on the uh, Native American tribe. Um, so just wanted to know, like, I'm going to include a link and everything like that, but just, just to let you know that there's something that might, might be offensive if you do check it out. I know I have a few friends that are part of that community. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, no offense was intended. It's just something that 
I used to watch as a kid, and I just wanted to make sure that was known. Now, onto the uh, the whole thing itself. This was uh, released in 1977, and it was directed by John McKenzie, who did a really a real popular movie called The Long Good Friday uh, with, with uh, Bob Hoskins, and it, that's like his magnum opus. But this came before, and this is what I know him more for. Uh, even so, I actually, when I was younger, I believe I was 11 years old. So this was 11, do, 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 do. this was 96 when I watched it. And pretty much this would be shown to a lot of kids of that age, maybe a little bit younger, and they would present it to them. You know, they would roll in that big-ass VHS with a TV, and they'll slot it in, sit the kids in there, half an hour done, everyone's horrified. Now, the whole idea behind this was that uh, around the time, there was a lot of deaths in kids playing outside and getting onto farms. And because it's full of so much um, heavy equipment, uh, toxic materials, they made this to scare the shit out of kids. And even now, like, there was a scene where one of the kids does something and the blood curdling screams still haunt me to this day. And then I actually got like goosebumps from the, the scream. And even there was another part where a kid is because pretty much this is a slasher movie in the way of final destination, but with kids and meant to educate you. Uh, and like a kid is crushed by this metal railing you can literally see the blood coming out of his ears. Like, I look like I watched horrors before, but still, like, when you're not expecting it, it was a huge surprise. I, I've been watching horror movies since I was, like, probably four or five years old. But to watch it in school with everyone else, like, I think someone nearly fainted uh, when I was watching this. So I still enjoy this, especially uh, me being older and stuff like that in a non-educational sense when I sat down to watch this again and it still holds up it still it still holds up the copy that I got because it's a public domain uh was really blurry I'm going to try and find a proper version I know you can watch this for free in the UK which I might include as well uh, if you have a VPN you can go for it uh, it's the best edition but other than that it's just, it's really well done uh it's horrifying because it, it, they almost like it almost becomes comical because these kids are just getting brutalized, and then it shows a parent packing their shit away or the teacher packing their shit away. You know, so it's like almost like marking them off, and so it's it's good. It's re really well shot. Uh, it's made to terrify. It's very much in the same line of uh, the amusement part, but it's more and more to the point. Kids are going to die. This is how they're going to die. Get them off the farms. And even so, like, I actually, in one of my houses that I used to live at, uh, we had access to a farm as well, which is kind of funny in itself. And I don't know if it was before or after, you know, BA, before Apaches, or A, AA, after Apache. But I remember, like, I think I do remember standing on a farm looking around and then realizing, oh, Apaches, better get out of here. Um, also, I had hay fever, so my eyes would uh, swell up like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall. So that's here, here and there. 
this has almost become like a personal story rather than me reviewing the movie. But the movie is good. Like I said, it's, uh, it's a PSA, of course, so there's not much in the way of plot. Uh, think Final Destination with kids and a farm. And there you go. So it's a great recipe. And I give this movie free blanks. Now, for next week, um, I checked out one movie already. I, I've decided to check it out a bit early and I'm going to have some fun with it, like with the review. So uh, definitely check that out. And then after this week, I'm just going to be doing some bits here and there. And then the week after, uh, my missus has actually requested that I do a week of her picks. So I'm going to be doing uh, Susie's picks, not this week, but the week after. So definitely check out for that. Guaranteed, it's 100% going to be Canadian stuff because uh, with the Canadian Rights Act or whatever, what, whatever they called it, where you have to have like 80% Canadian media shown. So definitely wait for that. You probably got to see, count how many times I say Canada during those reviews. And for me, James, thank you very much. And I'll check you out next week. Check you out next week.